Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. Whatever, but he said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's the Sox on Tap postgame show. Johnny Nani coming at you with my guy, NWI Steve. We are here tonight to recap a White Sox 9-5 to comeback victory. Steve, how exhilarating was that, man? Hey, yo, Johnny. It was outstanding, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to take a little sip here. <laughs> those right there, those are the tears of every Minnesota Twins fan right now, and they taste fucking delicious. Yes, it, it, exactly. That's what uh, White Sox Salar guy is tuning in for to see the state of NWI. Steve, you know he is basking in this. Uh, you know, you're, you're drinking the tears. We're pissing on graves here. Uh, you and I talked about that. We were at the game yesterday, and we said, you know, the games, excuse me, it was a great day for a doubleheader sweep. Unfortunately, didn't get it done the first one, but we saw another exhilarating one uh, in the walk-off win in game two of that one. And uh, another, you know, just high energy ending to this game, obviously uh, down 5-4 late. Uh, Putting up a five-spot crooked numbers late or cool and tough. Uh, White Sox able to do that and take this one 9-5. So we will get into all of the finer points of this game. But before we do a little housekeeping, make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media at SoxOnTap and at ontapsportsnet. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Grandstand. Make sure you're visiting Grandstand for White Sox and all Chicago sports merchandising needs located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. You can also visit them online, GrandstandSox.com, and social media at GrandstandSox. All right, that's out of the way. Headband crew is in the house tonight. Uh, White Sox sale once again chiming in. Uh, yes, Steve is now officially on team headband here, uh, joining me and Buzz. I think we need to get Tony on this train too. But Steve, let's talk from the beginning here. Uh, coming into this one, we got Dallas Keuchel on the mound tonight. Uh, Bailey Ober, White Sox able to touch him up, uh, hit him pretty hard early on. Uh, but then things went quiet and kind of in the middle of the game here. Yeah, like, like you said, Johnny, they they really had a nice job, nice offensive approach against Ober early on in this game, jumping on him, getting a four not, or excuse me, getting a four to one lead after uh, three innings here, and then you know we kind of saw something that we've seen unfortunately too often from Diamond Dallas here in the 2021 season. He'll have that one inning where control and command just simply kind of gets away from him a little bit, let the Twins back into this game here, and then it kind of turned into a little bit of a seesaw battle, one that early on looked like the Sox maybe we're going to put this thing away quickly and kind of coast it out. Didn't play out that way, but ultimately all all's well that ends well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our guy Soxhead Mike uh, chimes in and says, cheers, boys. We had a little bit of everything tonight. Hey, yeah, absolutely, Mike. That's about what we're getting into here. Uh, it starts in the bottom of the first. Uh, White Sox jump on Ober early in this one. It was Tim Anderson uh, starting with an infield single. Uh, Jose Abreu brought him home uh, to make it 1-0 Sox after just three batters. Goodwin comes through, brings Jose home. 2-0. Uh, 
good guys there. Uh, and then after that, uh, Twins would add on in the second inning Kepler solo shot. Uh, Sox would go with a two-run shot uh, in the fourth, excuse me, bottom of the third inning. That was Yoan Moncada. Steve, how great is it to see Yoan Moncada leaving the yard uh, and hitting some gaps here? Uh, it, he did, did not, it wasn't just the home run night. He had a double as well. Yeah, this is absolutely huge. They start getting this guy hitting the ball out of the ballpark again. This is, what, three straight games now? Or, or excuse me, three straight days now with a home run from Yohan Moncada, a guy that had five home runs coming into the start of this series here. He's now hit, hit three in the series. I mean, he he got a cock shot on, on that pitch, and he absolutely smoked that thing. That was a straight-up piss rod to straightaway center field here, and we're seeing it. He's starting to get a little bit locked in right now. You get this guy going, and Jose Abreu looks like he's starting to kind of turn that corner, and Timmy has been on a hot streak here. Those are the three guys, the three real veteran presence in this lineup through all of the injuries and all the instability that has taken place here, and we've harped on this quite a bit here, needing those three guys to step up. They're doing it now, and look at it. This team's one eight out of ten here, starting to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Watch the fuck out, American League. Yes, ball go far, team go far. We said it last night. We posted a couple of videos uh, <laughs> explaining that very fact with some White Sox home runs yesterday, Steve. Facts only. It's true, though. You're just seeing it, though, in action. Obviously, you mentioned the Yohan Moncada, uh, you know, with, with the uh, three home runs here since the break. Uh, we've gotten Tim Anderson home runs. He was on that little streak as well. Uh, and Jose Abreu now, um, obviously, he hit one out over the weekend against Houston. Big three-run shot. Another big three-run shot that would come. Uh, later in this game, but in the in the meantime, in the middle here, uh, Twins would get another one back in the top of the fifth uh, with Andrelton Simmons RBI single. Uh, that would be the end of Dallas Keuchel's night. Uh, props to him though for being able to get out of it because he was in a little sticky situation. First three guys got on in the fifth, able to work out of that um, with only the one run uh, in on him. Four two socks when he leaves the game, uh, and then Michael Kopech comes in and unfortunately uh, looked a little. Uh, wild, uh, you know, uh, command wasn't there exactly to start. So uh, leaves one out over the plate. Donaldson uh, able to hit that one out to make it a one run game for three. But then Kopech came the side up uh, after that. Um, Steve Kopech thoughts on him. A little bit of regular from what we have really grown accustomed to seeing this season. Um, control command just simply wasn't really there, um, either with the fastball or with the breaking pitches to this point. But I think this is an important game here from the standpoint of he went out there, he didn't have his good stuff. And, and you could see that from the outset, but he went out there and he battled. And I think that's important because as we start to move into more high pressure and high leverage spots, and I think it's pretty clear at this juncture, he's going to be counted on to be a multi-inning guy come October. So to have an outing tonight where he knew he didn't have it, he battled and he found a way to get through it maintaining a lead for this team, putting them in a position to win a baseball game. Psychologically, this could be a big building block for him here as he continues to accelerate into this role in more high leverage spots in more pressure pack situations down the road. Two points building off of what you just said there, Steve. Uh, a, it's unbelievable that we talk about Kopech not having his good stuff tonight and still striking out four in his two innings of work there, and especially uh, a strike out of the side in that first inning when you could arguably say uh, it was more of a struggle because the command wasn't there, you know, 
know, Stoney said it during the warmups and then uh, obviously with the first batter uh, leaving the yard and Donaldson there. Um, that's A. And then B is Kopech is now just returning to kind of a being available for, uh, you know, back-to-back days for an increase like workload like this, building him back up after he was on the uh, shelf for a month uh, with that hamstring ailment. So, yes, bodes well, I think, uh, both physically for getting out there, uh, throwing two uh, in a game that was still close like this, and then also uh, mentally, like you'd said, uh, building that up and putting this position, knowing that you can be that nuts and bolts guy uh, to be able to get them through uh, multi-inning stretches in high-leverage situations. So um, let's move on. Uh, and it got a little bit hairy uh, with Ryan Burr uh, entering the game. He would come in for the eighth, uh, and he uh, lets up the lead on a Polanco two-run home run here. Man, um, it's tough that, you know, whenever you're going away from anyone that's not Kopech or Hendricks after a starter, uh, it seems like we're always bound to get touched up, Steve. And I think this is just a, th- this right here, uh, you know, obviously the White Sox would end up, you know, coming back uh, and saving the day with the offense, but uh, this should be the final like crying call that yes, bullpen reinforcements needed to come uh, get on the phone, Rick Hahn. 100% this, this outing here by Ryan Bird tonight. And look, he's a guy, he's been very solid since he came up and we've seen this from Tony LaRusso in a number of different course or excuse me, a number of different times throughout the course of this season here of him giving guys opportunities in higher leverage spots because they have quote unquote earned the opportunity because we've had guys like Evan Marshall um, and, and some of the other more mainstays falter. So Ryan Burr pitched himself into a position where, Hey, maybe we can try him in some higher leverage spots, starting to see some struggles from him. Uh, from that perspective. So it's absolutely highlighting the most glaring need for this team right now is a right-handed setup option right there to be able to bridge that gap from whether it's the starter or in this case, if, if the starter doesn't give you as much length, similar to what Dallas did tonight, then you have that bridge from Kopech to Hendricks if needed. So you're absolutely spot on when you say Rick Hans got to find some way to address this. I don't know how, don't know who it's going to be, but this is priority number one, hands down. Yes, yeah, so that, that is definitely a topic that we talked about here. We're about, what, 10 days out uh, from the trade deadline here. So um, definitely uh, we'll be touching on that more uh, as new you know rumors and rumblings start to come in here. But obviously nothing concrete yet. So we'll save that for another day. Let's get into the fun stuff here, man, because uh, the eighth inning was a fun one. Like I mentioned, White Sox putting up a crooked number here to come back, erase the deficit, and do it with an exclamation point. Uh, it starts with Angle. One out walk. Collins walks after him, too, uh, you know, taking advantage of a pitcher who lost the zone uh and then vaughn comes in in a pinch hit spot uh for zavala here and this is big because you know uh collins was a dh uh tonight and you were by pinch hitting for zavala you're giving up that dh spot then uh with with the uh catcher um you know being pinch hit for here because collins would have had to move uh to uh, the catcher spot there um and so you would have not you know only tied it you're you know it's a little bit risky there if they're there but you're playing for this now and vaughn comes through no problem here uh gets the rbi single and what a hell of a send ballsy by Joe McEwing there uh, and Adam Engel's speed in that slide uh, clutch right there all around. Yeah. The the thing that really I circled this as I, as I was taking notes watching this, that slide by Engel having the presence of mind to understand where that throw was, where Garver was positioned relative to the plate and understanding how he needed to position and contort his body to not give Garver an opportunity to be able to make that tag on him in there and just put himself in a position to just swipe that plate with, with, with his left hand. That's just a, really a tremendous 
base running play right there. And, and this is something that I've talked about pretty extensively during the course of the season and just how smart this team is from a base running perspective. And that's something that really ties into this, being able to have the wherewithal and, and the mental understanding and the positioning of your defense to know I got to slide this way so that I can't get tagged on this because I got to score this fucking run. Yes, and it was beautiful. And it's also because you see Angle having to hold up a little bit in between second and third. So it just goes to speak. Obviously, the slide itself, you explained it perfectly there. Uh, what great job that Adam Angle did there, but showcasing the speed too. We all know he has it, and it's a great sign uh, that the hammy is fully healthy. Uh, that second little stint that he had on the injured list uh, after he had come back for that first, uh, you know, like 10 games of action there, uh, definitely got him fully healthy because you saw him gunning it immediately when he came back, and now you're seeing it in full display in clutch situations like tonight. So that would be the one to tie this one up. And then Billy Hamilton, who had come into pinch hit, uh, excuse me, pinch run for Gavin Sheets in the seventh inning. It comes up to his spot in the lineup here. And guess what? Billy's Billy's not just a base runner. Billy's not just a fielder. Billy's a hitter. Billy, Billy the hitter, baby. Billy the yeah. hitter comes through. RBI single here. That makes it six to five. And then the exclamation point, Steve, this one sent the ballpark into a frenzy. MVP though doing MVP things, excuse me, like Tony would say, MVP shit, uh, launches a three-run moonshot out to the left field bleachers. White Sox lead nine to five. They would not relinquish it with Hendricks coming in. Ball game. We're pissed on twins graves. We're drinking twins tears. It's beautiful. It really is. I, I can't say it any better than that. Jose Abreu, that's why you gave him that three-year contract extension um, after the 2019 season. You kept him here, and you're going to keep him in a White Sox uniform as long as he wants to be because he comes through in these spots. So that's what it's all about right there. That's one of your leaders on this team stepping up in a key spot to kick somebody in the nuts when you get a chance, win a fucking baseball game. And, oh, by the way, the Cleveland Indians, they lost again. The Sox are up nine and a half games in this division now. God, that is a thing of beauty, Steve. I love hearing that and love being able to talk about that here. Let's continue uh, to bury him and continue to play good ball like this. And I think with the long ball coming in, coming back now, um, it, it really bodes well. Um, and like you said, uh, the American League should be very, very, very scared uh, of the White Sox if that's coming back. And obviously reinforcements in the lineup, too, that will be coming back at some point. Um, just, uh, you know, going back here, we need, we need to give our, pat ourselves in the back a little bit here. Uh, and it's, you know, if you visit on and peruse our White Sox section here, we, we, we had an article come out um, before this twin series and it was White Sox need Jose Abreu to continue climbing up leaderboards, uh, you know, in White Sox franchise history of home runs uh, to ignite power throughout the second half. That, that was the gist of it. And guess what? He's doing that right now, uh, and obviously he is now past Carlton Fisk. He did that uh, yesterday, and, um, you know, <laughs> keep doing that, and I think it's infectious, too. You get Yohan Moncada with the power. You get Tim Anderson with the power. These guys are starting to feel good. Uh, Steve, it's not a hard concept. Ball go far, team go far. Look, these are just the facts of the game of baseball in the year of our Lord, 2021. You hit the ball out of the ballpark, you're going to win games. I mean, how many times have we seen that stat graphic on the screen about what the Sox record is when they don't hit a home run, when they hit one home run, or when they hit two or more home runs? And we've known this for seemingly as long as we have been Sox fans. This team is built to hit the ball out of the ballpark at 35th and Shields. When they do that with consistency and when they do that at a greater frequency than their opposition, they're going to win games. This team is built to hit the long ball. And like you said, 
got a reinforcement might be coming back about a week or so from now so this thing is about to get a little bit more dangerous and if i was an american league pitcher on on a team like the houston astros or the tampa bay rays or or you know the boston red sox I'd be pretty concerned that the long ball is now going to start to be added to the arsenal of the White Sox. That's going to be a real problem. Yeah, let's talk about some of these reinforcements here before we get into the series finale preview, Steve. So obviously the one that you were just hinting at there is Eloy Jimenez, who is on his rehab stint now in Charlotte playing uh, down there. Obviously started in Winston-Salem for a couple. He's been up in Charlotte now, um, hit a bomb over the weekend. So he was feeling the White Sox kind of juju of, you know, uh, home run party starting to come back, wanting to get in on it. So you love to see that. He's probably, he's going, excuse me, not probably, he is going to be the first one back uh, of this crew. But let's talk another news development today. Luis Robert beginning a rehab assignment with Winston-Salem on Wednesday. So that's tomorrow um, or today, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> the day after it drops. Um, that's coming back. And then we also got even more good news. Mr. One Mr. Yasmani Grandal. Uh, obviously he's been putting in some pregame work, doing some light baseball activities on the field uh, during warms with the team. Um, but we got a quote from TLR on him today. He says he has his throwing for distance. has taken a few swings. He isn't limping. I expected him to be limping. He's not. Um, so he's either on time or ahead of time. No way he's behind time, but I'll leave it up to the experts for the final determination. This is all good news, Steve. You had those three big boys in this lineup. And all of a sudden now, you know, we've gone through stretches during the course of this season when the lineup has been thin and has not had the length that you need in order to win an American League pennant and, and challenge for a World Series. You get those guys back if they are even relatively close to what we normally expect them to be. All of a sudden now, Jose Abreu is getting better pitches to hit. Yohan Mancata is getting better pitches to hit. Opposing pitchers got to be a little more cautious with Tim Anderson at the top, and maybe he starts jumping counts early again. This thing's about to get a lot more fun, baby. And, yeah. you know, we talk about how much we love fireworks at the ballpark at 35th and Shields. I got a feeling that Jerry's firework budget might have to go up a little bit for the last few months of this season. Hey, you know what? They didn't do them last year, so it's only fitting. Uh, let's burn the hell out of that um, throughout uh, the you know, second half uh, of the season here. Let's take a question related to this. Uh, Jared Fairman comes in and comments, who are your tips to go when Eloy and Robert come back? What we were just talking about here. So yes, it's all great in getting these big names, big bats back in the lineup, but you have to make space somehow. Um, Steve, any thoughts on navigating this? Obviously, we won't know concrete things until we actually have dates in place. And obviously it's probably going to be in waves with these guys on their recovery timelines. But if you had to th think right now, let's just go surface level and, and give a little bit of insight into this. Uh, right off the top here, you obviously have to look at guys on the roster that have minor league options remaining. So the first one that really jumps out to me, unfortunately, and we've we've talked about what a great story it is, but Jake Berger really is that guy, unfortunately. Um, I think he's going to be the first casualty. In this, he's, he's got you know a couple of minor league options remaining. He's come up and he's done a, a really solid job to this point. Um, and, and it's really been amazing to watch and it's been a great story to see. But you know, the fact of the matter is once Eloy's there, the DH at bats aren't going to be there for 
Jake Berger at that point. So you have to look at it now of, okay, well, he's not going to be playing every day at third base for Yohan Moncada unless they think that maybe he can handle second base a little bit. And then you start to think, okay, is maybe Danny Mendick the casualty? Those are the two guys off the top of my head that I, I think are going to be the first two to go. Ultimately, I think Gavin Sheets has positioned himself almost similar to what your mean Mercedes did during the month of April, where you got to keep giving this guy an opportunity because you've put him in there and he's answered the bell from, from the very start here. So you can't just sit there and be, and say, you know what, kid, Hey, you did a hell of a job for us. We'll, we'll send you back down to Charlotte and we'll see you when the rosters expand in September. I think you got to ride the hot hand. And we've seen that with Tony throughout the course of this season here, guy gets hot. He rides them. I, I couldn't explain it better myself, Steve. That's exactly what I was going to say. You look at minor league options first. So um, I would also pinpoint Jake Berger for potential uh, demotion because uh, he, you still have that ability uh, with him. It's not just a straight, you know, some of these other guys you'd have to do DFA uh, if you're talking to Brian Goodwin uh, of those sorts here. So we will see. And like I said, the, the nice thing about this is obviously we don't know exactly when, uh, you know, set dates in stone here, but it will be in waves. It's going to be Eloy and then it's probably going to be Robert and then it's probably going Going to be Yaz and the Yaz one's a no-brainer. It's just Zavala down, Yaz is back. You got Collins there. That setup's easy. That's clear cut. But the other two, you have some time to play around in. Like you said, Tony can ride the hot hand and see who is hot at that particular juncture uh, and make decisions based on there. Uh, but yes, if I were to, uh, to go out on a limb right now, I would say Berger is probably the one to go uh, w- when it's Eloy's turn uh, to come back here. So, all right, well, let's move into the series finale preview here. We got one more against these T's. Uh, I'm not even going to say that full name because they don't deserve those three letters in the middle there. Um, it will be. Uh, Dylan Cease taking the mound for our White Sox. And on the other side for the T's will be Michael Pineda. Steve, what are we expecting from this matchup? I'm expecting Dylan Cease to go out there, a lot of high-octane stuff, and attacking these these Twins hitters with that fastball, particularly up in the strike zone. This is a team that they swing and miss a lot. So if he can go out there and establish quality fastball command, get himself ahead of counts, and it will allow him to utilize – that high fastball to put guys away and then mix in that big bender that we saw. I mean, that thing on Friday against the Astros was nasty. So if he comes in there having that again, it's all predicated though with Dylan C's as always getting strike one. That's always going to be the most important thing for him. And it's, it's pretty simple from, you know, a standpoint of, of talking about pitching here, but with him, as a guy that doesn't really have that pinpoint control and command with the level of consistency that you would see from a guy maybe like, you know, a, a, a Dallas Keuchel when he's, you know, fully primed and, and ready to go or Lance Lynn, he's got to go out there and he's got to establish counts because these twins, you know, they still have some guys that are dangerous. You fall behind Nelson Cruz, you fall behind Josh Donaldson, you fall behind Luis Rise, you know, and, and you know, he tweaked, uh, you know, a hammy or something here today, but you fall behind those guys with consistency. They can still hurt you. So you got to go out there and you got to establish fastball command from the outset. Yeah. And now you got Mitch Garver in that mix as well as obviously touched the White Sox for two home runs in game two uh, of the doubleheader um, in yesterday's, you know, kind of slate there. So um, yeah, uh, regarding Dylan Cease, um, you know, I love the hammer. It's my, the uh, 12, six curveball is my favorite pitch. 
in baseball. I, I just love it. And, you know, because a lot of guys throw a slider, Dylan Cease has that. And when it's on, it is absolutely nasty. Like you mentioned, 10 strikeouts against the Astros last time out. Um, I, I'm looking for him to put it all together because we need him to start building uh, up his, you know, kind of confidence to the point to where uh, it's he feels like he can get through those, like, you know, at least five innings and not have a blip in the middle. And sure, everyone's susceptible to it and it depends on what the defense does behind you and, you know, what kind of run support you're getting there. But um, that's the next step for Dylan Cease to take as he continues to grow during his first full 162 game MLB season. So uh, let's get a pick the click uh, for the series finale. Who are you going with? All right. So we got Michael Pineda on the mound. You know what? I think Yohan Makata is going to continue this hot trend that he's on. He's going to homer for a fourth consecutive day tomorrow off Michael Pineda. Ooh, I love that one a lot, and it's Yoan Mangata to you. Um, I love that guy. So um, as I'm looking at this one, man, uh, a lot of good options here to take, um, but I'm going to go with the straw that stirs the drink one, Mr. Tim Anderson, because, uh, yes, Yoan Mangata and Jose Abreu getting some love here, but TA uh, was on that kind of hot streak before. It started before the All-Star break, and it's continuing afterward. Let's go. TA7, uh, Yohan Moncada. I think that's, you know, uh, that's a good one-two punch there. I mean, it depends on where they slate Yohan Moncada in the lineup, but obviously we've seen him uh, you know, kind of evolve from uh, two. You can hit in five, you know, wherever Tony decides to drop him uh, in this lineup here. So I like it, Steve. I think we're set up to take three or four here tomorrow. Uh, let's piss on some more graves. You know I will never, never pass up an opportunity to piss on the graves of the fucking Minnesota Twins. Fuck them always and forever. Yes, I love that. That's the kind of energy we need uh, going into this finale. So uh, once again, White Sox take tonight's game 9-5. to five. Tomorrow's game will be a 7-10 p.m. start in the series finale. Uh, make sure you're tuning in for Sox on Tap post game after that. We thank everyone for joining the comment section here uh, on the live stream. Um, if you listen to this podcast form, uh, be sure to check out our live stream here. You can do it on YouTube. You can do it on fa- the OnTap Sportsnet Facebook page. Uh, and you can do it from the Sox on Tap Periscope uh, on Twitter. So uh, make sure you're visiting OnTapSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on social media at Sox on Tap at OnTap Sportsnet. This show is brought to you by Grandstand. Visit them for all your White Sox merchandising needs located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. And you can shop online, GrandstandSocks.com. Visit them on social media for new releases at Grandstand Socks. Steve, that's all I've got. Only three words left. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.